All right, three wide outs right, Gooch left, Gilkey back, sets up, looking for the end zone, throwing it into the end zone, into a big crowd of players, touchdown! Alexander Hollins picked it out of the air! Hollins with the touchdown, with 1.9 seconds to go in the game. Welcome to this week's edition of the IU Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. It's episode 13, and we continue our Eastern Illinois Athletics Hall of Fame series with the members selected for the class of 2020. This week's guest is Chandra Golden. Golden was an elite hurdler for the Panthers, ranking as one of only nine women in the Ohio Valley Conference history to win gold in the same event all four years of her career. On today's program, she discusses her success in the sport and her unlikely career working at State Farm. First, EIU would like to thank this week's EIU Corporate Partners of the Week, The Winning Stitch, and Century 21 Realtors, Kyma Properties. The Winning Stitch is a proud sponsor of EIU Athletics and can help with all your alteration needs. Stop by The Winning Stitch in Charleston today. Century 21 Realtors, Kyma Properties, is your local real estate expert. Looking for that new home in Coles County or the surrounding area? Then visit Century 21 Realtors, Kyma Properties to get started. In EIU Athletics news this week, the Ohio Valley Conference released schedules for both volleyball and women's soccer. Both sports will compete in a conference-only format in the spring. Complete schedules and the latest in EIU Athletics news can be found online at eiupanthers.com. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. And if you like today's EIU Panthers podcast, be sure to subscribe and follow us to listen to new and previous recorded episodes. EIU Panthers podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio podcasts. Now to this week's episode with 2020 EIU Athletics Hall of Fame inductee, Chandra Golden. And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers podcast. We're continuing our Hall of Fame series and we're joined today by former Eastern Illinois women's track athlete and hurdler, Chandra Golden. Hey, 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 everybody. Chandra, I appreciate you, you being on the call. This is part of our, our Hall of Fame series here, and uh, you'll be the third of the the inductees for this year that, I, that I've done the call with. And one of the first questions I've asked all of them is, take us through the the moments and kind of your reactions and excitement when you, when you got the call to tell you that you were going to be a EIU Athletic Hall of Fame inductee. Oh, back to that moment. Um, shock, right? Um, it's been a while and I haven't had running shoes or running in my mind. Um, and when I got that phone call to say that I was being recognized for all of the running and contributions, um, I just was shocked and grateful, really um, appreciative for the opportunity to be inducted um, into the 2020 Hall of Fame group. And, you know, I just was shocked. So glad to be a part of it. And then I guess um, I've kind of joked with everybody that Tom Michael, our athletic director, he gives everybody the good call. And then I get to be the, I got to be the bearer of bad news about a month or two ago and tell you guys that, that, Hey, you're inducted, but you're not really inducted because we're not having a ceremony this year. So I guess kind of, I guess, take us through that your reaction, I guess, maybe not disappointment, but knowing that you just had to push it off a little bit farther before it's official for you. Well, it was one of the things that I anticipated um, and I kind of chuckled to myself and it, it almost was just a little bit of relief because I'm in the South right now. So it's warm here still in November. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, I haven't had to go back home um, in the cold for a while. But um, definitely kind of sad to miss out on those opportunities. And I know when this actual ceremony does take place, it'll still be a little bit different. So um, a little sad, but still looking forward to being celebrated. We'll be happy to have you back. You mentioned there that you live now in the South where it's warm. You're, you're in Atlanta and you, will, you work for State Farm. We'll talk a little bit about how you got involved with that and, and your move to Atlanta. But I guess, how do you like it down there? How, how has that transition gone and how long have you been down there in the South? So I started um, in Texas and okay. then I moved, yes, um, over to Atlanta, what, almost a year and a half ago. Um, so still trying to stay Southern and a little bit warm. The transition has been good so far. Um, we moved here to be closer to family without being in Illinois. So anybody that's uh, not near winter, right? Yes. So <laughs> it's not, it doesn't get too cold here. It gets just cold enough. Um, so we moved here to be close to family and I had a baby. So um, that, that's part of the reason why we were, we moved here. And like you said, I worked for State Farm and they gave me the opportunity to transfer from Texas to Atlanta. Um, so still not too far from home, but far enough where I get a little bit warmer weather um, and I get to see a little bit more traffic um, and shop <laughs> a little bit more, <laughs> but it's been a good transition so far. Well, congratulations on, on on having having the child. I know we, when you talked, you were a little concerned as we, we taped this that um, your child's about one years old and they're I, I don't want to say they're hurdling over things right now, but they're already probably a future track athlete. The fact that they're they're mobile and they're running around your your apartment, you're worried that might be a distraction as we talk today. Yeah, she's definitely a runner. Take her outside, and I didn't know that she could really run. I knew she could walk fast, <laughs> but she takes off going down the sidewalk. I'm like, oh, okay, you got it, honest. Um, but she's she's running around here and she's having a good time, and I'm not stopping her show. Now you you work for State Farm, and I guess for people that don't understand how State Farm works, most to the average person, the only they're thought process of State Farm is your local agent if you have State Farm as your insurance company. I'm guessing you work more for the corporate. So I guess explain maybe what you do for, for State Farm from a corporate standpoint. Oh, yeah. Um, so I am a manager in auto initial loss reporting. And the team that I supervise is the team that you would call when you're in an accident. Um, so they are they're what I consider our first response. They're the ones that are going to be dispatching tow trucks, getting your vehicles moved to the body shop, setting your rental up, um, checking in on your injuries and getting your claim documented. So I've been in that department for what the last seven years in leadership and it has been a fun ride. Um, had a lot of opportunity to, like I said, move from um, a couple different locations and see a lot of things um, and just be a part of an interesting time. Now, you, you mentioned you're an Illinois native, and actually, I think you, you're from Bloomington Normal originally, which as some people may or may not know is where the headquarters for State Farm is. So is that a, a natural transition for you to, to get a job, or I, I'm not even sure, did you get that job at, before you graduated Eastern, or was it one of those situations where I graduated, I moved back home, now I got to figure out what I'm going to do, and this opportunity presented itself right there in my hometown? 
Yeah, um, it was the latter, right? Um, I told my mom, and this is a part of my State Farm story that I tell all of my employees. I said, you know, growing up in Bloomington, State Farm headquarters, I don't want to work for State Farm. I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> but I always told myself, if all else fails, I will go and try to get on with State Farm. It shouldn't be that hard, right? Um, so doing some job searching and just networking with some folks that were like, you have the skills and abilities to be just as successful within State Farm um, as I would be. So I was looking for jobs in higher education and I said, okay, well, I'll apply and we'll see what happens first. I'll go with whoever offers me a job first. And fortunately it was State Farm and I have been able to um, utilize my leadership development skills with my associates that I would have been doing in higher ed. Um, and I've lived in now Indianapolis, Indiana, Dallas, Texas, and now in Atlanta. Um, so I actually never worked in Bloomington, wow. but I interviewed there and I moved what about two weeks later to Indianapolis and have been bouncing around to a lot of different positions and just had a lot of opportunity again, like I said, to network um, and to be a part of a really good company. So uh, Bloomington, Thank you. And all else failed and it has worked out just perfectly. Now, the, the next concept of State Farm that I think most people have is what they see on, Steve, on TV here. So don't laugh if you see where I'm kind of going with this. But the Jake from State Farm, I think, is the only representative that anybody knows about. And they wear the, the khakis in, in the red shirt. Is that a standard uniform for State Farm? Do you, do you have that in your, your repertoire or are you allowed to, guys to, allowed to wear a little something different? Well, right now we're at home, so <laughs> we're in uh, loungewear. But um, no, we don't have a uniform. We are a company that believes in dressing for your day. And, um, you know, I, I business casual for certain days, professional for other days. And I do have my khakis and my red shirt that I've worn <laughs> on several occasions. So um, it's, it's not a part of the standard my everyday attire, but it's definitely in there. Now we're going to gonna flash back a little bit for you. And one of the reasons you did get inducted was your success as a track and field athlete here at Eastern Illinois, Chandra, an, an incredible hurdler. I, I got to see you perform firsthand and, you know, really graceful on the track. And I know hurdles isn't always the most graceful sport to, or event to run when, when you talk about hurdles. When you started doing track, what – I guess, moved you to be, be a hurdler? Did a, a coach say, hey, you'd be really good at this? Or I know sometimes on track teams, you look at the event nobody else is doing and you're like, hey, that's a way I can get on the track. So I'm going to go participate in that event. Well, actually, I used to participate in these fun runs uh, in Decatur, Illinois. And they had the little, these little, I don't even know how, they could have been up to my kneecap, but very small hurdles. And my dad was like, oh, you should go try that. And the rest is history. So mm -hmm. I started jumping over real little tiny baby hurdles. <laughs> and um, at these fun runs, like every Thursday in Decatur, USA track and field, AAU outdoor track and field, um, and then to middle school, high school. And so I, I think I probably got the best by the time I was at college, some days I'm like, I don't know how I got recruited as a hurdler because I had the worst form yep. <laughs> when I was in high school. 
Um, but Coach Akers was able to work with me and get that halfway together when I was at Eastern. Now, you, you watch the hurdles, and I think it's one of the more exciting events, in particular the, the, the 100 hurdles. You, of course, ran probably at the state meet here at, at IHSA, so you were able to come to the what they call the Big Blue Track to participate in that. And Eastern hosts that event. And then in college, I think it's one of the events that most people go out to watch. And I don't know if they go out more to watch to see if there's going to be some carnage of somebody going over a hurdle or – just to see the pure athleticism. But part of the, the, the interesting part to me is you run almost neck and neck. The, the width of a, of a lane is, to me, it doesn't seem feasible that you can get hurdle over a hurdle and not knock down the person next to you. Yeah, you definitely have to have a stay in your lane and focus on your lane mentality. Because if you start looking around, you will easily be in somebody else's lane or if you just accidentally even barely nick a hurdle it could knock somebody else's hurdle so um I remember early years well before I got to college being nervous for that very reason and you know people fall all the time so I fell one time and one time was enough so focus on my lane look straight ahead and make sure I had my steps and my rhythm down so that that person was not me. I'm not tripping over my own hurdles and not tripping over anybody else's. Now, we, we talk about the accomplishments you had. One of the standout accomplishments, a four-time OBC champion in the 100-meter hurdles. Only nine female athletes in the history of the OBC have won an event four straight years. You're one of those, those nine. When I throw that number at you, how does that sink in and register with you of all the you know, the, the women who have competed in the variety of outdoor sports, only nine of them have been able to do one of the accomplishments that you were able to do. Um, it, it, it feels good. It is one of those things that you don't really realize how amazing it is until I heard you just repeat that. <laughs> um, because three peats, four peats, just anything repeated right when it comes to athletics is something that doesn't happen all the time and to have achieved that four years in a row um, with some amazing OVC competition there were some close close calls in there we ran in some rain ran in some cold weather and bright sunny days so to have been able to fight through all of that four years in a row um, injury free at that that if it's a really good feeling. So it definitely is something that I'm proud of for myself for accomplishing and proud of my teammates for um, being right there, supporting me through it. Now, I'm sure, is there a, a race or a memory in it? Maybe one of these, these four championships that you won or maybe a, a completely different race that kind of maybe stands out to you during your career as a, as a runner on the track. Let's see, a race that stands out. I believe we were, I don't know where we were, somewhere in Missouri. Um, it was one of our outdoor conference meets, but that was when I broke the record for 100-meter hurdles, and um, it was, was so um, that was probably OBC championships on top of the fact that one of my contacts came out in the race. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and I was like, like, how do we get to the bus 
before my next race. Um, but that was just an awesome event. I had a lot of family there, um, some friends from back in high school that had traveled to that meet too. Um, so it just was a good day overall. Now you're, you were successful in, in the hundred meter hurdles and I don't want to think and let people think that that was the only event that you were successful in. When you look at the EIU record books for indoor and outdoor, you're on the top 10 list for all three hurdle events, which for the indoors is a, a 60 meter hurdle. The, the outdoors is the 100 hurdle the, and also the 400 hurdle, but also indoors, the 60 dash, because there's not, for people that have never really seen an indoor track, it's 200 meters around. So there's not a longer distance hurdle event opportunity. Out of those four events, is there one that, that you preferred more than others? I know you had success in the 100, but I don't know if that may not have even been your most favorite event that you ran. Well, indoor um, was always fun because it was done and over with real quick. Um, you know, athletics, and I would say running, um, especially hurdling is a mental game. And so you can easily get in your head and get in your own way. Um, but indoor, the race is done and over with really quick. So it's that quick focus, quick start and a quick finish. Um, so I would say 60 meter, the 60 meter dash, because I didn't have anything in my way. Uh, and I didn't have to run those tight curves on the indoor 200. And it was just the gun goes off and I start running. Don't have to worry about, uh oh, if I stutter step, you know, there's only five hurdles. I got to make up my time. None of that. It was just a worry free, fun race for me. Then if you, when you look at those, I mean, every, every event there is a little bit different from the way that it is done. And the fact that you can either do a, a quick start, like on a 60 hurdle or a hundred hurdle, or it's more of a, I want to say an endurance race on the 400 hurdle. What do you think was maybe your, your strong suit when you look at those, were you a, a person that did better as the race, the distance kind of went on, or were you a person that, you know, was best coming out of the blocks? I think it just depended on the day um, because like I said, it's, it's a head race, right? So you have to make sure that your head is clear at all times. And I won't say that my head was always clear um, 400 meter hurdles or for the 400, but I did enjoy 400, even though it, that's a long, tough race because I had the opportunity to make up for any mistakes that I had made um, and for not having a clear head at the start of the race and a hundred hurdles. If your head is not clear when that gun goes off, you might be in for some trouble and it's a little bit harder to make up the time um, and make up for any mistakes with that 400 hurdle race. That's that I call it a grown man's race. Um, that's the race that shows who is mentally and physically tough. And so that's one of those things where, you know, you can talk yourself through um, that entire race. You can pace yourself through that race, but then you also have to dig deep inside and, make sure you got that speed there to carry you through. So um, a lot of different things to challenge myself with during that 400 hurdle race. So I enjoyed that race, um, even though it was a tough race. Now, one of the other things you had individual success as an athlete here at Eastern Illinois, but one of the other things that happened during your tenure here is you and a group of other young ladies were able to kind of finally put together an entire team effort and you you were a member of EIU's on the women's side their first OBC championship um, team so I guess kind of take us back what was that experience like of kind of helping build that foundation of what it 
has really become a very successful program year in, year out in the conference. Yeah, being a part of that team was amazing. Um, um, from our senior leadership all the way down to everybody knew how much we had invested all season. Everybody knew, you know, everybody had the same desire to win um, and it was in their heart, right? So it wasn't just like, okay, yeah, we want to win. Um, but all the way from our coaching staff to every athlete on the team and just really we supported each other through every event that day, uh, well, that weekend. And it was amazing to just celebrate with one another because one, we made history, but two, we had worked together and really bonded um, on and off the track to achieve that success. Now, I, I'm trying to go back and, and, and think through some of those types of things in that event. I think if I'm not mistaken, you guys won the indoor and the outdoor that year. Was there a, a greater joy in winning one of the two was, was the first one, I guess, more sweet than the second, or was the second just as sweet in the fact that, you know, now we've won, we're the champs for, for both events. Well, I would say the first one was definitely more sweet because it's the first, right? Um, The second one was just as sweet in a sense, but then it's like, oh, the pressure is on. We got, you know, the targets on our back because not only did we win one, but now we've won two. So, um, and then there's a whole year before we get a chance to try to repeat and do it all over again. So um, the first one was definitely more sweet, but the second one was just as sweet. Now, you've selected uh, Coach Brenton Emanuel to be your presenter at the Hall of Fame ceremony for this year. I think Brenton and me have helped coach you a little bit there, but I think he was also a teammate, if I'm calculating the years correctly. Explain, or I guess talk a little bit about that relationship that we have with, with Coach Emanuel, maybe why you kind of selected him to be your presenter. Yeah, he was, when I was running and when I was at Eastern, I referred to him as Big Brother B. Um, because so my first year I redshirted and he was very supportive, um, during that time where I was practicing on my own, uh, but he still made me feel like I was a part of the team. So, and didn't want me to feel like I was isolated away from my teammates or anything like that. So that relationship has continued on. Um, he's been someone that supported anything, someone I can bounce ideas off of someone that I have been able to go to on my most frustrating days on the track. Um, so we were able to, I mean, throughout his injuries and his time away from the track, we still remain connected. So um, I was like, and what better, what better person? You were my teammate, you were big brother B and now you're the coach. Like <laughs> everything comes full circle. So I'm like this, it just, it just made sense in my head. Like this has got to be who presents this award to me. Now, has he already uh, signed up your your daughter to to be a track athlete here at Eastern? Or are you gonna? Or is that a little too far down the road? Well, she could come back to Eastern, but you know, I'd love for her to be somewhere warm. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's mom wanting but... to watch in the warmth. <laughs> definitely, that's that's selfishly speaking, but she she would definitely be an amazing. Like I said, she's running down the sidewalk all the time. Um, so she would be an amazing addition to EIU on the track. Well, Chandra, we do appreciate your time today for being a guest here on our, our EIU 
Panthers podcast is our, our Hall of Fame edition, and hopefully we'll be able to get you guys back here on campus in the, the near future and, and induct you guys properly. All right. Well, it has been a pleasure, and thanks for having me. Thank you for the um, opportunity, and thanks for inducting me into 2020 Hall of Fame. All right. Thank you, Sandra. All right. You take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.